But that being said, so many things I feel like has happened within our church body this week. Man, it's been been super crazy. Um, and uh, there are so many answer, quite people that have questions out there. Today we're going to try to split this service into two. And I'm going to try to talk for about 10 minutes right now. And then we're going to go into a short time of prayer. Uh, and then we'll do a, a second sermon. But what I'm realizing is that there is a lot of people that uh, think this is a joke. What's happening globally and there was a lot of people that um, are absolutely panicked. And somewhere in between there is, uh, is, is where we should be. I think that we should take caution. I think we should use wisdom in every scenario. But I also don't think that we should make light of the reality that some people are afraid. Because in a lot of ways, this is how God will move in their life. And so identifying with where they're at in this vulnerable place... Um, I, I spoke the, just last night with a friend of mine, a multimillionaire, um, and he was uh, letting me know of uh, all the people that he knows that just lost millions of dollars uh, this weekend. And people have lost their sense of security in this scenario. And uh, I, want, I do know that God is, is close to those who are broken. And so I, I do know that in a lot of ways, God is moving in people's lives through this circumstance. Does that make sense? I'm grateful to be here today. Next week, our gathering may look different, but I'm excited that I do believe with every fiber of my being that the church is going to move forward through this scenario. Not our church, but the global church, which is far more important than what we're doing here in this time. Uh, President Trump has asked us that we would make today a, uh, a corporate day of prayer, and we're going to do just that just after this small mini sermon. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39, I believe, says this. Uh, we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. I do know that there is a scenario right now that a lot of people are feeling uh, paralyzed. They feel like they need to go in behind doors, lock all the doors, and just stay as far away from everything as possible and lock everything down until they know that it's safe to come out. And I don't believe that that's what the Spirit of God is doing. And I hope that that comes through today. I do want to make sure that you understand. I do want us to use wisdom. Please, wash your hands. Please, use hand sanitizer. Uh, clean some things, you know, like let's, let's use wisdom. Stay, let's stay out of large groups. Fortunately, we got a small little community. And so it's not a fear that we can get together and gather. And we do want you to gather with other believers because it's super important that we keep the fire of God together. You separate a fire, and it dwindles. And so it's important that you meet with other people in the name of Jesus. Does that make sense? Uh, but uh, as I think about Scripture, I think about this, the story of Esther, and it's really what we were talking about in this series um, is, is a sense of purpose. I want you to discover your purpose, why God put you on this earth. And why did God put you on this earth? I, I realize that it, you, you're, you're, the call of God on your life is not for you. And I know that because of what Jesus had to go through. Jesus' life and mission on earth was not here for himself. He came for us. And I believe that you're here not for you, but for others. And we'll see that more and more become obvious in dark times. In the story of Esther, it's this head-scratching story that took place in the lives of the people of the Israelites. The Israelites were were uh, taken captive. They were taken out of their homeland and they were enslaved in Babylon. 
and from Babylon, they, they sat under uh, King Xerxes in, in the story of, of Esther. And what happened was uh, there came a scenario where the people of Israel, the, the Jewish people, the Israelites, that were under King Xerxes, uh, they fell into a scenario where they were all going to be murdered. Uh, this is not a story. This is a real, this really took place where, and this has happened throughout time and throughout time and throughout time. There has been head-scratching scenarios across earth. If you look at Africa today, there are things happening where people are being taken from their homes and enslaved. Crazy things have happened throughout the earth. This is not the first head-scratching scenario to, to reach the world. And what I love about the scripture is it's happened before and it may happen again. But scenarios like this give me a sense of hope because I can see God moving in a way that I believe, God, you may be coming back soon. In the story of Esther, God made this beautiful woman elevate it and found favor before the king to the point where she was married to the king. What I love, though, about the story of Esther and many stories in the Bible, many times God is moving and we don't know what he's doing. Esther is so puzzling that God is not even mentioned in the entire book of Esther. Like, what? what? It's a biblical story about God moving in the lives of his people, and yet God is removed from the situation. Yet we see his hand throughout the whole book, where he elevates a woman to find purpose in the midst of a dark scenario in her people's lives. She married the king, and there was a man that worked. He was the second man in command for the king who hated the Israelites. Hated them to the point where he made a decree that anything that he said would come to pass. And he said, we're going to murder all of the Israelites. Wait, what? Esther hid her identity from the king. And Esther was saved by a Jewish man, her life, and, and she was brought up in, her ho in his home. He was, he, he was her uncle, but like her dad, and he raised her. His, his, his name was Mordecai. And Mordecai, which was like her father, who was not her father, approached her one day as she was in the palace. And he said these powerful lines to Esther who was living in a dark scenario, knowing that one day all of her people very soon are going to be murdered. And he looked at her and he said, Hey, Esther, if you, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. But who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. What if God has placed you here in this country, around the people that you know for such a time as this. We're not those that shrink back and are destroyed. We're not those that back up, but what we, who we are is we are people of purpose. We are people that have the Spirit of God living inside of us for a reason, that when the world out there knows hopelessness, we know hope. And there has never been a time that I can say that you have the funds and the resources that you have for right now. And this is the time where we, we identify with those that are scared and we say, hey, look, I understand. You need to know Jesus. You need to know that God is with you. And uh, what happened in this story is Esther said, okay. Out of fear, she, she says, okay, 
Maybe I should approach the king. Now, her life would be on the line. She's not even allowed to approach the king. He has to invite her in. But out of fear of her people, she walks, she says, okay, I'll present myself to the king. Here's what we're going to do. I want you to go, Mordecai, and gather together all the Jews, and I want you to fast. Do not eat or drink for three days or three nights. My maids and I will do the same. And though it is against the law for me to approach the king, I will go and see the king. And if I must die, I must die. Uh, and, uh, and then, and then uh, we will do the same, uh, though it's against the law. I will go and see. The, okay. And uh, so Mordecai went away, and he did everything that Esther ordered him. And uh, here's what I know. She said, we need to fast and pray. And right now, uh, our country, President, uh, Tr- President Trump, has, has asked that uh, we would declare today a day of fasting and prayer. So where do people go when they don't know how to find hope? Where do you go when you don't know how to stop a virus? Where do you go when you don't know if we're going to live? What, what happens when people are losing millions of dollars right now and businesses are shutting down and the economy is going? We turn to the Lord. And you can have whatever opinion you want of our president. I'm grateful that he at least has enough knowledge to recognize we need Jesus. The late Billy Graham would always say, to get America back on its feet again, we first must get down on our knees. So I'm going to ask, there's a few people I've asked to come and pray. If you would come down at this time. We're going to spend a couple minutes in prayer and we're going to sing a song. And as the president has asked that we declare today a national day of prayer, that is what we're going to do. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, if they will seek their, my face, and if they will turn from, my wicked way, uh, from their wicked ways, then I will hear them of their cries, forgive them of their, of, of, of their sin, and I will heal their land. We're going to leave this verse on the screen because this is a simple scenario that God has said throughout history. Now you need to understand that what is happening right now seems scary because it's new to you. But I promise, if you read the scripture, you'll see, no, this has happened before. And it's happened before, and it's happened before, and it's happened before, and it's happened like so many times I can't count. We have hope in Jesus. All we really need is to turn our hearts to the Lord right now. We can't trust in money. We definitely can't trust in toilet paper. We can't trust in beans and rice. We can't trust in hand sanitizer or in, like, isolation. We trust in Jesus. There will come a day where death is going to face us regardless of how safe we've lived our lives. And the reality is we only can trust Jesus. We're going to pray for the next five to ten minutes. I don't know if you know how to pray, but we're going to try to do some short prayers to engage you. And the first prayer we're going to pray is that God would humble us as a nation. That God would humble us as a nation. I'm asking you to spend the next one to two minutes being as fervent as you can, agreeing with this young lady in prayer 
that God, as Esther said, let's fast and let's pray. And as President Trump is saying, as a country, I don't know what else to do. We need God to move in our country. That's what our president is saying. Man, we're working with the CDC. We're working with wisdom. Now we need God to move. So, oh God, we're asking that you would move right now and humble us and humble us and humble us. Jesus. I, I said earlier, God, I don't know what you're going to do in this room today, but I believe that it's my job to speak truth over everyone here, so I, I have to finish speaking truth here for just a second, um, and I don't know how we're going to close the service. i got to be honest. Um, praise the Lord. Good. And also, great. Praise. Here's, um, I'm going to spit about 800 verses at you right now. I'm not lying. Like, so many verses, it's ridiculous. I got an email this morning from, uh, from a large pastor. Uh, not, not a big pastor, right? But like, <laughs> all right. And he, um, he said, we need to have and have not. And this is, uh, this is what it said. I'm just going to read you someone else's thoughts. We are peaceful. We are not fearful. Okay. He said this, he says, uh, do, John 14, 1 says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. A different translation, Pat, than you have says, peace I leave to you. In the same chapter, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. My favorite translation, though, would say it this way. I am leaving a gift with you, the peace of mind and of heart. And the peace I give to you is a gift that this world cannot give. So don't let your heart be troubled or be afraid. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and of love and a sound mind. For we do live by faith, but we don't live by sight. This is the haves and the have-nots. We have peace. We don't have fear. Here's what we do have. Uh, we do have generosity. We are not selfish. I say that because in times like this, it is instinctive nature for a man to inside of themselves gather as much as they can possess and lock their doors. This is not Jesus. I'll argue with you until you're, you're, I'm blue in the face. You need to understand this is not who Jesus is. He came to give his life away. And you have to understand that we are hope in the dark right now. Here's, here's, here's what I do know. Do not be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of yourselves uh, better than, uh, thinking, uh, thinking of others better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interest, but take interest in the others also. Uh, all of the believers were together and they had everything in common and so they sold their property and possessions to give to anyone that had need. They continued to meet together daily in the temple courts and they broke bread in homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And so the Lord began to add to the number those that were being said because they were generous, because that they took the things that they had and gave it to those that didn't how are people going to understand what love is when they run out of toilet paper and you say hey guys i just want you to know i've got plenty i'm i'm, I'm dead serious like please let people know around you that they can look to you when they run out this is the scenario when people steal from you that you give them more 
We are generous people. We shine the light of God. We don't hide it. If you are the light of the world in a town built on a, hid, uh, on a hill that cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and they give it to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 9 would say this, but we have this treasure in jars of clay that uh, and all the surpassing power is from God, not from us. We are hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not abandoned. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. We have, but we have not. I want you to understand, we are not destroyed. Uh, some of you guys are nervous. There is a nervousness. Because we are nervous about things we don't understand. But we are not fearful of it, because we know who we are with. Do you understand this? I'm going to keep reading. You have to hear this. This is what Jesus would say about who we are. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. I did not come for the healthy, but for the sick. Not for the righteous, but for the sinners. I do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus did not lead us into temptation, but he delivers us from the evil one. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on this earth, but store them up in heaven. Does that make sense? Are you with me? I want you to know some other things that we do not have. Do not worry about tomorrow, for each day will have its own trouble of its own. We walk by faith and not by the things that we're going to see on the internet. For God has given, uh, not given us a spirit of fear. And like Jesus, not our will, but his be done in our lives. Whatever God you want to do is whatever we're willing to let you do. We want to live surrendered lives before Jesus. I have to go quickly because I do know that time is against us. We are, saved not, uh, we are saved by grace and not by the works. We're justified in, 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 in faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation. And this guy was realizing all the things that God said that we don't have. And what I realize is that there are some things right now that is chaotic in our minds. I'm I know that I'm talking quickly. I'm hoping that some of this makes sense and falls on your heart. What I realize is that the only thing that matters is not what your pastor is going to say today what the word of God says. Do not set your mind on earthly things, on social media or the news, but set your mind on things above. Let perseverance finish its work, not lacking anything. Do not become weary in doing good. We do not struggle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and authorities and principalities of this world. We will not be overcome with evil, but we will overcome evil with good. We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and are saved. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. We will not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. We will not give up meeting together. And the Lord is our helper, and we will not be afraid. And so um, we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. He is the power of the gospel, the gospel that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Um, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, make your request be known to God. And the peace of pa that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. We are not different. Uh, we are different. We are not of this world. We have been transformed and, not and, and, and we are not conformed to this world. So I want you to understand that we are not of this world. We are transformed. So the way that we operate will look differently than the way the world operates. Many of them are just going to lock their doors and hide. 
And this is an opportunity. What I keep hearing the Lord say, and I keep hearing the Lord say, and I keep hearing the Lord say, I don't know. There's a lot of questions I have. I don't know how long this is going to go on for. And I don't know how much worse it can get. And please understand, it can get worse than this. As I look at Scripture, it got a lot worse than what people... People may lose their jobs. <coughs> people may lose their entire life savings. People may run out of food. There can be looting. Look, we've seen this in our country before. I don't know how dark it's going to get, but I know who walks with us. What I keep hearing the Lord remind us is that we are the light of the world. And if we lose hope or don't take seriously the lack of security that people feel right now, don't make fun of them, don't tease them, identify with them, and then let them know where your hope comes from. David said this, I don't trust in chariots, but I trust in the name of the Lord our God. We don't trust in our bank account. We don't trust in our 401k. We don't trust in the stock market. We don't trust in our government. We don't trust in the CDC. We don't trust in flu shots. We don't trust, we trust in Jesus. And when the things that are supposed to work don't work, people lose hope. He is the God that rose from the grave and he is speaking to me and he is speaking to you and he is leading us. He is gonna give some of you wisdom. The wisdom that he gives you may say, don't go to church next week. I don't know what God's gonna say to you. Follow Jesus. There is a world out there that is scared and you are their hope. You are the only Jesus that some people will ever meet. I don't know your neighbors. I don't know your families. I can't pray for your neighbors the way you can pray for them and I can't minister to your families the way that you can minister to them. They need to know that God is good and he has provided and he will not stop providing. And there comes a day where the lights go out only for people to recognize that the light has always been shining. Light shines brightest in the darkest of places. It is a beautiful thing. When 9-11 happened and our country was rocked, it was one of the greatest moments for our country because everyone looked to Jesus. They held hands with people that they loved and they realized, man, I have everything that I need right here. God, you're still good. I, this is crazy. I am, I'm like, I'm kind of excited. I'm not excited that people are freaking out, but I'm excited that I know that this is the, this is the way God moves sometimes. What do you mean? When bad things happen in my family, let me give you an example. If my, if me and my wife are having the worst argument in the world, but she gets sick, you know what happens? We're not fighting anymore because you care about people that you love and it rattles them. When people realize that they're getting sick or they lose their sense of security, they look to the Lord. They also hug their loved ones. And so if we want to see a, a revival in our country and we want to see people love the Lord again and we want to see lawlessness stop in our country and we want to see people love their families, sometimes 
there's a rattling. I am not implying that this is from God. All I'm saying is God can use this to move in our lives and in our families and in our homes. And he can facilitate you as a, to give you purpose to give hope for those that feel hopelessness. Jesus is coming back. And, and I know that what he promised is that the world's gonna get a lot darker before it happens. And um, I, I, it's, I've never heard of the NBA shutting down or NHL shutting down or football or the March Madness ending or uh, the airports shutting down or like, this is like, it's crazy. And toilet paper is gone everywhere. And I don't, I don't, I don't know why I keep coming back to toilet paper, but I don't know what's going on. But um, what I do know is that he reigns yes. and that he's close to us. And so he that lies within us is greater than, 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 than he that's out there. And so I close with this. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be overtaken by fear or the, or the stuff that's being peddled. Please use wisdom. Please use discernment. Don't be dumb. We really don't know what we're, what's happening in the world, but we do know him that it's happening with. Multiple times in scripture, including the plagues in Egypt, including the, what was going on in Esther, including Jesus healing the, the, and feeding the 5,000, people that were walking with God had no idea what God was doing. And I have no idea what God is up to right now, but I do believe that there is a great harvest that is happening in our country, and I believe that it's happening in this room right now. And here's how I close. Would you all bow your heads and close your eyes? I do know, not to scare any of you, but I do know that there will come a day where our life does end. Where this world may end. And the Bible actually gives light of the fact that one day this, this earth will come to an end. It, I don't think it's going to be the coronavirus. I've got to be 100% honest with you. But whatever comes, are you right with God? If you're not right with God and there's sin in your life, please let it go. Are you ready to meet Jesus? Today, your God loves you. And he's doing all of this to draw you closer to himself. If you're here today and you would say, I'm, I know that I'm not right. I'm not living for Jesus. There's sin in my life. I'm not right with God. I'm not ready to meet him today, but I want to be. And you're willing to deal with that. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this room, if that's you, would you raise your hand right now? God bless you. God bless you. I think that's awesome. Man, if for nothing else, I'll do all this right here. Lord, you are peace. I think of walking through the Red Sea. Man, I'm walking with God. I think of walking in the fiery furnace and I'm walking with God. I think of all of the things that were the trials of life. I'm walking with you. Lord, I give you my sin. I'm sorry. I've messed up and I've done wrong again. Please forgive me. Thank you that you've never left me. Thank you that you've never 
forsaken me. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that there's a plan that you have for my life. Lord Jesus, would you change me? Would you change my heart? Would you teach me to love you more than I love myself, more than I love sin, more than I love the things of this world? Would you teach me to live my life for you? All that I want is to give you glory. All that I want is to give you glory. All that I want is to give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.